the first trend of today. The Lord speaks to us. I don't know which part of the readings of today has blessed you already. Has any part blessed you? Which part has blessed you? Which reading? The first reading or second reading? Okay, those who are already blessed by the first reading, let me see your hand. Okay. Can you just lift your voice from this side, starting with the first person, just lift your voice and tell us which part has blessed you in the first reading. Just lift your voice so everyone can hear. Glory to Jesus. No, not to Mary. The side that blessed me is that my God that I know is not a partial God. And to my life is not a partial God. I confirm it. Glory to Jesus. Amen. She said, the Lord is not a partial judge. Okay. Who else again? Which part has blessed you? This way, this line. Yes, sir. Good. Hey, whose service is pleasing to the Lord will be accepted. Wow. So loaded. Yes. Who else again? Yes. Okay. He will not delay. Neither will he be patient with them. Okay. Any other? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay, he will not show partiality in the case of what? A poor man. That's how we know the mind of God, you see. That's how you decode the mind of God. Okay, who else again on this way? Yes. Okay, somebody somebody's here. Hold on. Sorry. Oh yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, I see in the first student, sorry. Well, I see in the first student. First student. No, hold on first. First reading. Huh? It's, bu it's the buffet, you know. You take this, you take this. Uh -huh. After aperitif, you take the main meal. Yes, first reading here. Okay. Mm -hmm. He executes judgment. Okay. They tell us what and what influences the execution of his judgment. No, let's go this way. Continue. First reading. Oh, this line is loaded, man. Eh? First reading, Steve. Okay. Mm -hmm. God cannot withstand the cry of a widow or the fatherless. Okay. Okay. Okay, let's go to the second. Okay, see first reading. Go ahead. The prayer of a humble man pierces the sky. It's an anti-ballistic missile. <laughs> okay, let's go to the second reading. Who are those who are blessed in the second reading? Did you catch any rema? Did you catch any preceding word? Yes, young man. Just lift your voice. Okay, I fought the good fight of faith. Yes. 
Paul fought a good fight. Thank you very much. Any other person? Second reading? Yes, the Lord will rescue me from every evil that assails me. Yes, second reading still. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Fight. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Okay, okay. He finished his business. You know? Second reading still? Hmm. You are committing too much blessing now. Yes, go ahead. At my first defense, no one supported me. At my first defense, no one supported me. He was alone. Still, Paul did not give up. The whole, the whole people abandoned him. He was the only one defending himself, but he said there, I know my Lord Jesus Christ is with me. This is the language of a man who understands what he's into. Yes? Mm -hmm. I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Who is this person Paul is calling lion? Is he a real lion? Huh? Is he a physical lion? <laughs> yes. Human beings who contended with him and contested his place in God. You think the devil just leave you to just walk in and enter heaven? Yes, mommy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Lord will rescue me from every evil. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is this first, second reading? Second reading, yes. Good. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Three great contents. This is the ingredients of quality service unto God. Yes, second reading. All these who are looking at me. Uh -huh. Yes. The Lord. Mm -hmm. The Lord stood by me when everybody abandoned me. You see, anytime the risks are going on, you need to be sharp in the spirit to pick a word that will leap from that scripture and touch you. Any part that really touches you is God's hand pointing at you. He's communicating so much to you. This is one of the areas that many Christians have failed to discern the operations of God. They want manifestations, but they don't understand that God works in a very silent and cool way. He sends his word to you. And how do you know it's the word from him? He will touch you. He will so touch you that you will feel it. Okay? Very important. The gospel. Anybody from the gospel? Yes? For every word Put your hand together for him. He has already written it in his, his diary already. It's written there. So he's going home with it. You see, he has grabbed it. I like that. Whoever you know, humbles himself shall be exalted. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled by the Lord. Okay. Any other person again? The gospel? Okay. All right. Myself, I was blessed. All these other parts bless me, but one of them that challenged me and pushed me more is that from that first reading. He whose service is pleasing to the Lord. 
will be accepted. Now I ask myself, is my service pleasing to the Lord? The Bible says he who judges himself shall not be judged by God anymore. Have I judged myself? Have I judged myself to ask whether the service I'm giving right now is pleasing to the Lord? Because it is only when my service is pleasing to God, gives God pleasure that I can be accepted. You see, in as much as God has accepted us in Christ, we must validate his acceptance of us in Christ. That's why Paul himself had to validate his own acceptance. By what? Fighting the good fight of faith. He finished his course. He kept the faith. That is what is called validation. He substantiated it by the kind of life he lived. It's one thing for the word of God to touch you. It's another thing for you to be implicated by that word and for you to live out the word. And so while I was reflecting on that, I began to really go deep to ask myself certain dimensions, certain questions that has to do with my life. Okay? What is my service unto God like? What is truly service unto God? Is it just God going to church on Sundays? That is what they call a service unto God? It's just to be baptized and be a communicant, be wedded in church, be a priest. Is that what is service unto God? I was asking in my heart, God, what is truly service unto you? Because we can make mistakes, we can presume a lot of things and say we are giving service unto God. And sometimes those presumptions we have in our minds, we present them in prayer. and say, God, can't you see how faithful I've been to you? On account of this, you must answer me. I have served God all my life. Why is my life going this way? Why should this kind of evil happen to me? The point is that, that what you are presenting as service, is it truly service unto God? What makes the difference in the heart of God is the kind of service you render. And while I reflected on that, I began to seek the face of God to find out what is truly service unto God. And God began to take me deep into his word. True act of worship is service. Service is worship and worship is service. When you say we worship God, it's actually service unto God. True act of worship, you can write. I hope you came with your writing material. Okay? Did you? Did you or did you, did you not? <laughs> did you or did you not? No, my spirit is come today. So I will, not, I will not check. Any day my spirit is hot. Hmm, I will check that person that still comes to come and look at Father Vincent's face. Instead of articulating God, God's message. So you better write. True act of worship is service. Jesus said, a time will come when true worshippers will not go to the mountains to worship God or go to the valleys to worship the Lord. But those who shall worship him shall worship him in spirit and in truth. 
so that activity of worshiping God in spirit and in truth is what we call service. In spirit and in reality, it must be something that has to be perfectly holistic. So it is not just limited to church activities. Worshiping God, which is service unto God, is not limited to church activities. But the entire daily activities that give credence to the majesty of God. It's not limited to church activities, but the entire daily activities or daily actions of your life. The daily actions of your life are part and parcel of the ingredients of service unto God. And so who is that man that gives service unto God? It's the man that everything he does bears reference to God. And how, what does that mean? It means that God validates. God's hand is in everything he does. Is it possible? Yes. In other words, it is he who serves God wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Who is the one who serves God? Is he who sets his heart daily to know God? The one who serves God is the one who sets his heart every day. He has a passion for God, to know God more, to know God more. There is this appetite. The true appetite of a man who serves God is to know God more and more. The true hunger in life is not hunger for food or for the needs of our life. The true hunger that you and I should have is hunger for God. But what has happened is that our appetites have been hijacked by demonic programming through all the demonic manipulations and so we now have an appetite for other things of life. The one who serves God, the one who, who sets his heart to seek God, to know God daily, So seeking God to know God daily is not just the church alone, but everything you do, in everything you do. Who is the one who serves God? He's the one who is concerned with fulfilling God's purpose as well as human purpose. Who is the one who truly serves God? Is the one who is concerned with fulfilling wholeheartedly God's purpose and human purpose. I hope you are writing. Praise the Lord. I hope you are writing. 
some of you are still looking at me as if you're not writing. Many are very much concerned about fulfilling human purpose, but have not been able to identify with God's purpose. We see that serves God wholeheartedly. He's the one that understands that life is not all about personal achievements, personal gain, and the good things that come to us. Who is the one that serves God? The one who understands that life is not all about personal gain. about all the good things of life, but rather daily giving pleasure to God. Life is crystallized with giving God pleasure. Oh God, you have created us for yourself, and our souls are restless until they rest in God. They want to understand that life is not all about personal gain and the good things of life, but giving God pleasure. We can see this demonstrating the life of Joshua in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. Choose whom you will serve. Service again. Choose whom you will serve. As for me and my household, we shall serve the living God. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. So service unto God is a deliberate action that must be taken by anyone who is to work with God. You don't flow to it. it. You have to exercise your will and make a decision and Make a choice to serve God. So it's a daily conscious action that you must put up with. If you don't do that consciously, you will never achieve it in life. Let's look at the Bible and look at a few men who served God. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Are we together here? I will just read it for you. Genesis chapter 17, sorry, verse 1. It says, Now when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me. Serve me and be blameless. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. Abraham served the Lord. Abraham was a very rich man, even though he had no son. The father, God told him, leave your father's land. Leave everything you have you had in that place and go to the land I'm going to show you. Abraham's concern was not his personal achievement and pleasure but to give God pleasure. He made a sacrifice of his own life, his land, and then went to serve the Lord. 
Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. There's a man called Noah. The Bible says, these are the records of the generation of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah, walk with God. Each time the Bible talks about walking with God, it's talking about service unto God. 99 years old, and the man was serving God. The man was not living for himself. He lived for God. Praise the Lord. When you catch this wisdom in your life, and see that life is all about giving God pleasure, that you may be counted among the chosen in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's look at the Bible again. Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. The Bible says, Enoch served the Lord. Enoch walked with God. And the Lord took him. Enoch walked with the Lord. He served God. And when he hit the tarmac of service unto God, the Lord took him. He never saw death. He was the first person in the Old Testament who never saw death. He conquered death. In his service unto God, he was able to reach metamorphosis. That's the highest level of spiritual achievement. On account of that, he engaged the powers of the age to come. Not the powers of this age, but the powers of the age to come. And that's the power of resurrection, the power of immortality. As he engaged it, God took him. He was the first man to conquer death physically. Even before Christ came. Shout a big amen. amen. Why? Because he served God. He fulfilled his purpose in God. He fulfilled his purpose in God. Holy Spirit, we pray that you will ignite in our hearts this understanding. To know that life is all about giving God the Father pleasure. And so, prioritize our quest for things in this realm and make God number one in the name of Jesus Christ. It is important that we understand that what makes you have weight in the realm of the Spirit is the quality of the service you give unto God. The quality of your service is what makes you have weight in the realm of the spirit. Now, for you to give a quality service unto God and serve him in spirit and in truth, you must encounter God in one dimension. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7. What does it say? He says, Oh Lord, you have seduced me and, and allowed myself to be seduced. You are stronger than I and you have prevailed. This is a man who encountered God. His encounter with God made God to be stronger in his life. Until God conquers you, you can't give God quality service. The beginning of a man's life 
and give me quality service unto God is that he encounters God and God will conquer that person. Jeremiah said, Oh Lord, you have seduced me and have allowed myself to be seduced. Through his word every day, the Lord makes appeal to you. He's trying to woo you. He's trying to seduce you unto himself. You must allow yourself to be seduced. Many times we put up resistance through our ego, through our personal choices, through our own personal ambitions and all kinds of things we have in our head. God will be making a demand of us and we'll be arguing against him. The Bible says that God's spirit cannot wrestle with man always. There are moments that God will come to you and try to work on you to seduce you unto himself. You'll be resisting. When he does it the first time, second time, third time, and you're still resisting, he withdraws. You will now grow in your rebellion. The quality of your rebellion becomes so thick. He will give you up for all kinds of spirits to take over your life. What a waste. What a curse. So we must allow ourselves to be seduced by God. You must allow ourselves to be seduced by God. And when God, you know, takes over, as Jeremiah says, you are stronger than I. You have prevailed. Allow God to prevail in your life. If God prevails in your life, then just know it that every battle that knocks at the door of your life, God himself will be able to fight your battles for you. Shout a big amen. amen. Why are many Christians left alone in the battle of life? It's because you allow God to conquer them. And that's what we see in the second reading. Paul writing to Timothy, his beloved. He said, I'm ready, I'm already on the point of being sacrificed. Some translations say, I have poured my life as a libation. Paul said, I have poured my life as what? A libation. Have you seen where they pour libation to shrines? Eh? They do it and give it to him. Eh? When they pour libation, that libation doesn't belong to the person who poured it again. It doesn't belong to the gods. The gods have taken over. If you go and take anything, give it to the gods, then the spirit of the gods will fight you. Paul is saying, my life has been poured out what? as what? As a libation. Now he now concludes by saying, I have fought the good fight of faith. What is the good fight? He allowed God to conquer him. Two of us. Two of us. God conquered him. He lost his own personal ambition. He lost his desires. All the things he cared for, he gave them up all. He said, I count them as what? Rubbish. He never lived for himself again. He lived all the time to please the master. Wow. Wow. Dear child of God, where are you today? Which part of you has God conquered? Ordinary money mass. God will tell you, go for money mass. You are still arguing with him. God is telling you, why are you not wearing in church? You are still arguing with him. You come to church every Sunday, you are not receiving communion. God is telling you, go and make reconciliation. Go and confess your sin and come and receive. You are still arguing with him. Even the little ones that he is bringing around you, you are still arguing with him. You have refused to be conquered. You are still obstinate. What does Sammy say? If you hear the word of the Lord, do you know what? Harden your heart. Many say harden their hearts. They have not yet yielded themselves. They have positions, they have things in their life where God cannot interfere. Their self-image, their ego, their personality. 
the way they, they see themselves, self-image. You should not temper with this image. If you get temper with that image, they will give it to you. Because for them, it's the throne. We have all kinds of conceptions in their minds. God has not conquered that realm yet. And until he conquers that realm, he can't rule there. He can't establish his dominion there. You fight alone. Everything about your life will be subdued under the government of God. For him to have his way and operate in the, high, in the frequency he wants. That will bring you joy and peace and victory. May that be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. My life is poured out. I have fought the good fight of faith. What is it? He fought to always remain under God. In all his life. I have run the race. I have kept the faith. From now on. Is laid upon me the crown of righteousness. It's a crown for everyone. Somebody will say, but did Jesus not achieve everything for us on the cross? Why must we still fight? Praise the Lord. Jesus died for us and paid the price. Our own is just to go and collect. And they try to push that gospel of grace beyond limit. And say, no, my God has done it. It is finished. He said it on the cross. It is finished. Now, look at Paul here. Paul, who is the one who carried this gospel? He's given us his own testimony. I fought the good fight of faith. I have finished the race. Even though Christ has finished the work, we must engage in the race. I have kept the faith. He kept the substance of faith. Now he said, what lays upon me is the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Shout a big amen. amen. There's a day. There's a day. There's a day that something happens. Have you imagined the, your own crown coming upon your head? You've forgotten. And so when that becomes your day-to-day cravings, it will shut your life down. All this unnecessary busy body and unnecessary attention to ego and personality and all forms of irritability will all die out. Because you no longer live your own life. You live the life of the one who has died for you. Shout a big amen. At my first defense, no one was part of me. All deserted me. He was even given the content of his sufferings. But that did not deter Paul. Hmm. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength. The one who conquered him was there to give him strength. In your journey of faith, sometimes it's not easy. Don't give up. The Lord who has called you will give you strength. He will give you strength. Sometimes you just tell yourself, I need, I'm, I'm giving up. Enough is enough. I can't take this anymore. The pressure is too much. You will see yourself contending with the content of your faith. The content of your faith it becomes so brittle that you don't know what to do. And you feel that by giving up on that, then you'll be free. Hey, no. Giving up is you are entering the world of oblivion. The devil tells you, no, come out, come out. Don't leave this nonsense. God understands. He doesn't, you don't know that as long as you are still holding on to that little atom of faith substance, the power of the devil over you cannot... You know, manifest. But the moment you leave that little thing, the devil will take advantage of you and begin to destroy your life. Be wise like St. Paul. He suffered and he stood, he stood his ground. He sustained the integrity of his faith. 
to proclaim the word fully that all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. He extends the fierce you know, battle of the enemy. Demons resisted him. They fought him. He said, in Ephesus, I fought beasts. Spiritual forces continue. They didn't manifest the physical forces. For Paul stood his ground. The Bible says, whoever wants to serve God must prepare himself for what? A great ordeal. If you want to serve God and you want to see yourself you know, pleasing God, be ready to have bruises. Your bruises are your testimonies. What does that say? Yes, your bruises. Those things you suffer as a result of your commitment and service unto God. These are your testimonies. When the devil comes, he can see the bruises of your body and say, this one has truly suffered for God. And those bruises speaks. They have a way of speaking. Paul said, let me be alone because I bear in my body the marks of Christ. So those bruises become the marks of Christ. Give God quality service. Make up your mind that this life he has given to you is used, is poured out to the service of God. Don't allow your life to be in such a way that when the time comes for you to exit this realm, you will regret ever not making use of your body, the time God has given to you, the resource God has given to you to give God pleasure. For that to happen, you must make up your mind. As I am today, I am, I'm, what I am today is not based on sentiments. It's not based on influence from people. I made up my mind to serve God. I knew the consequence of my choice. I knew what and what will come as a result of my choice. I knew a time will come that even my own body will fight me. But I still made that choice. And every day, I battle with all the encumbrances that come. Knowing that I have made up my mind. I'm not giving up. Likewise, too, you must make up your mind. You must make up your mind. It's not a wishful thinking. I wish, I wish, will never happen. You must what? Make up your mind. And you know what? The devil will attack your mind every day. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. The God of this world has blinded the minds of many, lest they see the light of the glory gospel and be saved. So he will blind your mind. He will attack your mind. He will tell you, don't make that choice. Don't make that decision. And then when you make it, he will tell you, it's not serious. God understands. No. Stand your ground. Make up your mind to serve God. Make up your mind that everything you do in your career, in your daily activities, in your business, must give glory to God. At the end of the day, you ask yourself, to what degree do I bring God glory? What you don't search for will not look for you. It's only what you search for that you will find. True or false? Praise the Lord. For instance, you have a house already. Do you go about looking for a house? No. But if you don't have a house and you need to get one, you will start searching. And only those who search will find. Likewise, in the things of God, what you don't search for, you will not uh, find. Precious Father, we thank you. We bless the name of God. Because you have positioned us in life to know you want to serve you, to give you quality service. We ask that your hand come mightily upon our hearts to quicken us, O God, with understanding, with faith, and with love. To know that in the midst of the true values of life, giving you pleasure is the number one. 
Giving pleasure is the ultimate reason for creation. May you instill this in our hearts that we may make a deliberate choice and decision to walk in the light of this dimension. In the midst of all that comes, in the midst of the opportunities of life, in the midst of the you know, choices that come, that we will stick like Paul to follow the course of our lives, fight the good fight of faith, and then keep it to the end in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. As your word has come to us, Heavenly Father, today, we appreciate the grace that it has endowed us with. And we know that by your grace, all things are possible. Break us, O God. Break our ego. Break our stubbornness. Pull us out of every, you know, encumbrances and the different things that ties us down. From yielding ourselves completely unto you. And like your prophet Jeremiah, who says, I will seduce him. And he allowed himself to be seduced. From today, we decree by your spirit. May we allow ourselves to be seduced. May you prevail over us, prevail over our thoughts, prevail over our minds, prevail over our bodies, prevail in everything we do that your staff of authority may be planted in our lives. On account of this, you have all the glory, all the honor, and all the adoration. In the first 